Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together. Today's guest is Denise Kester to talk about drawing on the dream. Denise Kester is an artist and teacher who has tapped into the source of creativity in her inner dream life, which is populated by a host of characters that speak to and guide her. Crows, bears, rabbits, blue monkeys, mythical beings, and more. It's a treasure to have her share her stories and some of the processes that inspire her art. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jane. It's an honor to be here. So let's start about telling us about your book, Drawing on the Dream, why you wrote it. Well, Drawing on the Dream, Finding My Way by Art is a story. It started out as um, talking about how art pieces come together under duress of a hard year and putting a show together that takes me usually at least a year for an exhibit. And I just started thinking, this is a pretty interesting story. I I wonder if anybody else would be interested in it. And I started it 10 years ago and just kept working on it and set it aside because, you know, life comes in and you just get busy. But it would not leave me alone. I just had to, every time I had a quiet moment, a walk on the beach, a walk in the woods, whatever, the book the book. Get back to the book. (laughs) So I finally did, thank goodness, and I'm very happy with it and proud of it, and I love the flow of it, and it's full of wonderful artwork and very beautiful imagery, and I talk about how each piece comes together. I have to say, my husband Ron doesn't read, but he read your book cover to cover. He said your style is sexy and I said, sexy? And he said, yeah, that, it, it means it makes you think. He found it stimulating and down to earth. And he doesn't read as a rule, but he read your book cover to cover. And the chapter on staying grounded, he read three times. Here's a man who doesn't read. So we highly recommend your book. That's wonderful. Thank you for telling me about that. Let's talk about your art. How does your art come through to you? Do you just think of a topic and start drawing, or how does your art happen? Well, I don't normally start with an idea. I just begin. But I would like to say, I would like to start with, for me, making art is a sacred relationship with the life force of the universe. Wow. Hmm. And I'm a printmaker, that's my main way of art making. I do other things as well, but there's something about monoprinting for me that gives me direct access to whatever is in my heart and mind. But what I really do is I use the medium of monoprinting and I draw from the dream and the dream draws from me. And the stories and the art I reach for, I believe, are also reaching for me. Together in partnership, we create a visual story that is very important to me right now, but fortunately is important to other people and the general public. 
in the world in the in world the yeah. current world situation that we're in yes and then the animals and the dream figures that appear in my work are my allies and teachers and guides as you said in the beginning and our ongoing relationship makes it possible for my art to happen and they surprise me and show me a clear path through my life we enter into this journey of art making and storytelling together I'm the scribe and the illustrator, and they are the storytellers. So do they talk to you right away before you create the art, or do you create the art first? Sometimes, it's hard to describe, but sometimes I have this feeling that something is wanting to come through, and I'm mm. excited to get into the studio to, to make that happen. So sometimes I have a feeling, but I have no idea what it is. I just know that there's something. And I made a pact with myself a long time ago that I would, um, in order for the, these images to come through, I have to show up. It's very important for me to show up at, in my studio and see what these stories are and this information that wants to come through. And as I said, it has to really make sense to me before I put it out to the public. So first of all, I'm doing it for me, and then I'm doing it for the public. But basically, I feel that my artwork doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the world, and it has a life of its own. It's going out into the world and has nothing to do with me. I think at one point you said that you tried to create art to sell and it didn't work, so you had to go back to deep procedural relationship with art. Yes, money definitely gets in the way of art making for me. If I'm worrying about money or how am I going to pay for this or that, that cannot be a part of my art making. That has to be far away from me. And I have processes to, that I do to stay clear when I'm working so that that doesn't get in the way. It's important. How do you start your artwork? How do you, what's the process you go through to begin to create something? The process that I go through is in my studio, I will, I like to just ground myself and get centered before I even begin. When, when we built my studio, I buried things in the ground and I wrote prayers in sand and I put things in the walls because I knew that this place needed to have a feeling of protection. And I knew that, that I would be vulnerable making art sometimes. And people who come in to do my classes, they're very vulnerable and scared. So I wanted to make this a sacred space for that exploration. And so that came first. I think intention is very important. What you, the space you create to uh, work in is, it's very important. Uh, attention to detail. I will generally burn a little sage just to ground myself and clear the energy because sometimes I'm very worried about the world. I'm very worried about things and friends, people who are sick. And I have to clear all of that away so that I can concentrate and, and tune in to what wants to come through. And I will usually ring a bell that is, uh, for me, a bell of remembrance. It reminds me of who I am and what I'm doing and what, we're, what I'm doing here, reaching for this artwork and information. It's a sacred relationship that I have. Mm, wow. 
Would you like to hear the bell? Yes. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good way to clear the air for the podcast also. It really helps to settle me. You know, there's something about it that goes, oh, it cuts through everything. Oh, I'm here to do something important to make this connection. It's not all about me. So once you create a piece, does it talk to you as you're creating it? Or do you put it away and visit later or how what's the relationship between you creating the art and then it speaking to you sometimes as I'm working I get an idea of oh my goodness what's going on here and I start having a feeling about it and once I pull the print because I am a printmaker and the the really cool thing about printmaking is that you can't totally control it there you get things that happen in the press that you can't you just don't know how it's going to really look And so you pull a print and you go, oh my goodness, there's so much here. And I'll make a couple of notes on the bottom of the paper about the piece. But generally, when I'm finished with the piece, sometimes it will need a little drawing and some pieces turn into paintings or collage pieces, who knows. But um, when I feel a piece is finished, I'll put it on the wall or put it in front of me and I'll start dialoguing with the piece. And what I mean by that is I try to let the artwork speak for itself. Like I try to step out of the way and just let the, um, the story unfold. Like what's, what's really going on here? So it has a life of its own then. Yes, absolutely. A soul. Maybe. People say, did you write this? Because often my artwork is shown with the um, text or the poetry. Sometimes sometimes it is poetry, sometimes it's a story, sometimes it's all in the title of the piece. But it all began starting to write my titles on the piece, or what is the, what, what is the title here? And my titles were getting longer and longer and longer, you know. And so I just finally said, okay, that's fine. We'll just tell the whole, we'll speak whatever you want to speak. And some of those stories are just the title. Some are a whole page or two pages of story that go with the piece. I never know. But I love that part. And and it's a little bit wrenching because I constantly am having to get myself out of the way so that the story can come through. Sometimes my voice is coming through and I go, no, 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 I need to back up. And some, sometimes the writing takes, it, it just happens really fast and other times it takes me days, days of writing and rewriting to get to the essence and the, the jewel of what this is about. And I stick with it until it's, until it's there. And how do you know it's there? You just have a feeling? or When I can't think of anything else, it feels complete. I don't know if you remember those, um, uh, when you do um, cross-country, sometimes you look at the aerial photos, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever done that. You're looking through these magnifiers, and you're trying to find a route overground, and then suddenly it just comes into focus, where it just goes, boom, pops into your, <laughs> your mind. That's what it's like 
I know that the writing is done when I have that feeling. And then it's like, ah, in focus. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> One of the pieces I have you created in, in 1992, and it's called Out of Chaos Comes the Dance of Balance. It's my absolute favorite. I have a lot of your art pieces, but this is my favorite. And it seems to be so relevant today, as relevant as it was back in 1992. Well, I think it is, and it is for me too. And it, I consider that piece my signature piece. And mm. it is also in the book, and I, I, I love it as well. It just has a wonderful feel about it. And it really speaks to a lot of people. I hear from people, young and old, who love that piece and who have it in their, their homes and a copy of it, I should say, because I, I own the original. I never sold it. It's one of the ones that, I, that I've held on to. Wow. So is there one that you've created recently that you could talk about that may be relevant to today? There is one very recently, just a few days ago, oh. that, um, that came through. And Does it have a title yet? It does have a title. And it is called Glad We Are Together. And it's an image of a bear and a coyote, I think, or wolf or a fox. Um, And they're sitting in the woods on this chair. And I don't even know how this happens, you know, but they're sitting on a couch. I could never have dreamed this up. It just (laughs) happens. Um, But I'm calling it uh, Glad We Are Together. So the story with this, or the text with this, is Troubles all around us, we find a quiet place, we hold to each other, our hearts in sanctuary, our eyes watch the unfurling together. And it really, to me, it is about friendship and partnership. Well, friends who have our backs, that we are watching what's going on in the world together. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but we're together, and there's some comfort in that. And I love that with the artwork. For me, um, this piece was very encouraging to me because I think the day that I created it, I went into the studio kind of worried worried about the world and worried about what was happening and and then for that piece to come through it's such a gift to me and so a gift we're not to, alone we're not alone and it's a gift to my heart and that I get to share that with uh, the world I haven't uh, shown it yet except on my newsletter that just went out and I would love to say something about my newsletter yes, I, I put it out um, once I try to do it once a month. Sometimes it's every two months. But I talk about what's going on with my artwork, and I show artwork, and and uh, I talk about classes that are coming up or just things that are on my mind. And you can sign up for that newsletter on my website. So it's called Stepping Into the Dream. And what's your website? The website is www.drawingonthedream.com. Great. So people, listeners should go there and sign up for your newsletter. Yes, because lots of good information there. I'm reminded as you're talking about this latest piece, there was a story in your book 
where you were sitting in the garden, staring off into space for a long time. And you say it's something very important for everyone, especially creative people, to do. And your husband came and asked you, what are you doing? And you said, can you remember what you said? You said, you are imagining that everything is right in the world. It's a big job, but somebody has to do it. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that now. And it's true because um, we do need we do need that time where we're just staring off into space because we can't be on all the time and and yeah thank you <laughs> that was so funny so when people start art what do you tell them to uh, what's a process that you recommend people do before they begin to create. Recently, I've come up with something that I do with my classes, and and what I have them do, you know, before we create, um, before we do anything, I have them sit comfortably and breathe. Would you like for me to read through that? Please. Like, okay. So I have you sit comfortably and breathe. Expand your lungs. Deepen your breath into your belly. And do this three times, three deep breaths. Because there's something about doing these, at least for me, three deep breaths, because that brings you into the present moment. And, and you it, actually do this? I do this. do this. Oh, okay. absolutely. Whenever I, my mind is uh, going a little too much, I come back, I take those three deep breaths, and it brings me right here in the present moment with me and my artwork and what's about to happen. And then once you do that, continue to breathe deeply and at your own pace. Connect to your breath and to your heart. And connect your breath to your brain. And imagine that your heart, brain, and belly are connected by a luminous thread of intention that runs from the top of your head to your feet and connects to the heavens above you and the earth below. And imagine the energy systems in your body are all interconnected. Activate your breath into your eyes. Activate your breath into your hands. Imagine that your belly, heart, mind is connected to your eyes and your hands. Now, imagine something outside of yourself that is connected to all things. It is connected to something inside of you. It is connected to your breath. It is a mystery. It is source. Breathe into this source. Let source breathe into you. All of you is connected to your breath, connected to your heart, your belly, your mind, connected to your eyes and your hands, and you're connected to the universe. Now you are ready to create. Wow. I'm sort of transported. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really what I do before I begin to work, because I, I do those breaths, and I know that that energy is in my hands and what is in my heart can come through my hands. And I'm, and so I try to, um, to have my students at least know what that feels like before you begin to do anything creative. 
and I believe it, it works. You just have to trust. It's all about trust. Uh, there was a quote from your book, I don't have to know, I just have to trust, and I do. Mm, that's very true, because I don't know how it works. Yes. I really don't, <laughs> but I just know that I trust it. And that I, and you show the big part of it is intention. You show up, and it will happen. Wow, it will come together. So, at the end of your book, you talk about um, important things to remember. Could you just outline some of those just for our audience, for our listeners? Maybe they've got the book and they've forgotten these. Well, these are really important. <laughs> That's why I call them important things to remember for the creative person. And I often, I give these out in my class and uh, for people to hang up in their creative space because these are all things that you really need to remember about um, artwork and doing artwork. So imagine this, what you create creates you. Trust. Trust is big. Trust yourself the process, your process, you will create what is true for you right now. Trust yourself to take those chances. Trust what you create. Listen, listening, listening to your body, your heart, and your gut, your belly, which I believe is the home of intuitive wisdom. Listen to that voice inside of you trying to get you to do your art, your dance, your poetry, your writing, on and on. Imagine this. What you create has a voice that is independent from you. Be kind to yourself. And on my list, that has a big star next to it. Be kind to yourself and what you create. You are the stuff of stars. You are the physical manifestation of billions and billions of years of careful work. Mm. You are one of a kind. And here you are at this time now with me, with a very long line of ancestors behind you. Be courageous. Be creative. And let go. Let go of expectations and outcome. Let go of perfection. Whose idea of perfection are you following anyway? Oh, like parents or <laughs> school teacher? Yes, parents, school teacher, that judge that's inside of you. Yes. Um, let go of distractions and the outside world. Turn off the media. Listen to your heart. Avoidance. Avoidance is a dance with the void, a dance with the unknown, and it's part of the process. Really? Mm -hmm. So if you're avoiding doing art, you just sit there and avoid. Well, <laughs> my idea of avoiding is, um, oh, I need to sweep the floor. Oh, I need a cup of coffee. Oh, I need a piece of chocolate. Oh, I need to. And I go, okay, I will do these things. But I have my eye on the studio. And I will do those things, but I am going to the studio and I'm heading there. So it's, I know that, oh, this is just the avoidance dance. There's something very important wanting to come through in the studio. And I feel like the larger the avoidance, the more important it is for you to do what you need to do. Oh, so when you feel the avoidance, it's actually a call to create. Yes. Oh, I've never 
That's brilliant. (laughs) So, and continuing with the important things to remember, and just avoidance, it's a dance. It's a dance with the void. And it is scary to do something unknown. But if you can stick with it, it's glorious. It's very... So do that. Get rid of the critic, the judge. They are bald-faced liars trying to keep you safe (laughs) and comfortable. And they're connected. They have a relationship with avoidance. (laughs) So forget control and enjoy the surprises. Because when you control or try to control something, it stops the flow of new ideas. There are no mistakes because they will always lead you to new possibilities. Point of view, things are not always as they appear. Try a different angle, perhaps sideways. And I do talk about that in the book and how important it is to not come at something straight on, but come at it from the side. And if you get my book, you'll read that part and know what I'm talking about. So relax, this is a huge one. You can always rework it later, draw on it, paint on it. You can cut it up, make it into something completely different, rearrange it. Just do what your heart wants to do and what your art wants to do. Imagine this, what you create may be crucial to what our world needs now. Take three deep breaths into your belly and create from here. Stay present. Imagine this. What you are willing to stretch toward is willing to stretch toward you. And remember, you and your art make each other. Oh, that's important that's inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wind up, is there any last minute thing that you would, any point you would like to make? Well, what comes to my mind is just how important it is for you to do your art, whatever it is, hosting a podcast, <laughs> writing all the books you have written, mm-hmm. and um, just for everybody to d- take the time and do something that's creative and how important it is. It's our human birthright to be creative. And it so often gets um, cut off when we're in school and we lose our ability to create and just how important it is for the lifeblood of our world. I recently did a podcast with Jerry Dignan and he was talking about children, all children, from the time they're born, have music. And I said, yeah, but some kids are told not to um, just mouth the words and don't sing. And I was one of those kids. <laughs> yeah. So your art is is like re, um, reestablishing that authenticity with art, that it doesn't have to be perfect, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. That's why um, the the line here about being kind to yourself and what you create I believe if you're negative about what you're doing or what you're creating, then what you're trying to reach for, why would they come toward you if you're being negative and, and about what, what you're doing? So it's really important to be 
kind to yourself because that's a that's communication even if it isn't a perfect drawing it's communication with your deep self and how cool is that it's very important wow mm, that's true okay so once again if people don't have your book how can they get it well you can uh, order it from any of your local bookstores, they can, um, it's a drawing on the dream, finding my way by art by Denise Kester. And you can also get it on Amazon and you could order it from me from my website, which is drawing on the dream.com. Great. Well, thank you, Denise, very much for being a guest on the show. It was very fun. Thank you very much. So you don't miss any of our shows. Make sure you subscribe to podcast.changewithin.com or click the subscribe button below. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Jane Battenberg.